Hi, welcome to Ha'igeret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Arye ben Leah, for a refuah shlema for Esther Batsipura, and again in the merit of healing for all those affected by the tragedy in my room this past week. One day, when I was walking to the elevator at my sophomore dorm when I was in college, I realized that I had a bad habit that I needed to break. As I was approaching the elevator, a fellow student who was also waiting saw me, and as if breaking out a sword for battle, they yanked out their iPhone and began quote-unquote checking a text. It was the epitome of avoidance, and I was so repulsed by this action. Even more than being repulsed at my fellow student, I was repulsed at myself because I realized that was something that I have done too. Pulling out our phones at any lull is like saying, I can't be alone with my thoughts, or my insecurities prevent me from being comfortable standing in silence with a stranger written on our foreheads. So I forced myself to stop doing it, honestly just with the cringy image of that one guy that one time in my head. Also, the superiority you will feel as you watch the plebeians around you scroll will positively reinforce this behavior. Do not come for me. I'm simply here to provide the tools, not presenting myself as a finished product. Thank you very much. Okay, so avoidance. That's what I got from this week's double Parsha, closing off Vayigra, the book of Leviticus, with the last two Parshiot, Behar and Bechukotai. Bechukotai is pretty memorable because it has what we call the Tohacha, meaning rebuke or reprove. This section details what would befall B'nai Yisrael if they do not follow the ways of God. This section is very distressing to hear, so much so that when it's read aloud in synagogues, it's a custom to read it in a lower voice, but of course still audibly. If we look a little deeper into the word tohacha, we get more than just rebuke. In the Talmud, we read that rebuke leads to love. Ha de'ava, and then later we read, rebuke a wise man and he will love you. So we learn that rebuke is an integral part of deep and meaningful relationships. But being criticized doesn't feel good, so how can that lead to love? I sometimes find myself down New York Times article rabbit holes. You know, the one where you're just going in to read a theater review, but then suddenly there's a you may be interested in suggestion and suddenly you're in the middle of the real estate section. Well, I found myself in such a hole recently, and I was reading an opinion piece about the fallacy of most controlled environment diet slash exercise experiments. There isn't much money to be made from people living healthy lives, and therefore research about diet and exercise is wildly underfunded. There is much more money to be made in the weight loss industry of diets, exercise plans, protein shakes, etc. Lifelong health, the author says, is something that needs to be studied longitudinally, not in short spurts. So the author gives a really good example, studying an intensive exercise program. So if you have volunteers doing long runs, aerobic exercises, and sports, you may see that six days in, they're tired, they're weak, their muscles are sore. Does that mean that exercise is bad for you? No, obviously not. If you studied these people over six months, they would adjust to the regimen, and the conclusion would be the exact opposite. So, Toha rebuke is like a longitudinal study of exercise. In the short term, it hurts. Toha can be harsh criticisms. It's not fun to look at ourselves from unflattering angles. But after some time, where one can adjust and realize that the criticism is constructive and conducive for growth, we can change. Tohacha requires integrity from both the giver and the receiver. It requires empathy and emotional intelligence on one side, as well as courage to change on the other. There are a number of things that we do when confronted with unpleasant truths. 
denial, projection, and most of all, as aforementioned, avoidance. Specifically, in the Tokacha in our Torah, we read, And they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers. What ownership do we have over our parents' sins? It makes sense to repent for our own misdeeds, but why bring Grandpa into it? I don't like the idea of blaming our families for problems, but I do see the value in really digging to the root of an issue. This actually reminds me of something that my cousin Sarah Lynn recently shared with me. It's the idea of revenge bedtime procrastination. What is this, you ask? It's when you know you need to be up at 6 a.m., but you cannot stop scrolling on Instagram or TikTok or wherever, and suddenly it's 3 a.m., you feel inexplicably anxious, and just generally bad about yourself. You are not weak, you don't have any serious issues, of course, besides a lack of work-life balance. What this is a result of is when we feel like we don't have control over our daytime activities, so we fight to control our nighttime activities. In an article in Glamour Magazine about this phenomenon, a social worker explains that we want time just to be. But that time, usually at night, is also the first time all day that we put our phones down and are left alone with our thoughts. So we do what a successful tochacha cannot include. We avoid, we distract, and we deny. But this only leads to an ever-growing cycle of anxiety and sleeplessness. Instead of pinpointing the root of the issue, for example, you're feeling burnt out at work, at school, you're feeling lonely or depressed, we slap a band-aid on it. For example, doom scrolling. Okay, so what's the solution? Asks the author, and me, obviously. Well, like improving our character or building muscle, it requires practice. We have to practice sitting alone with our thoughts, building segments of you time into your day, and practicing empathy for yourself, of course, always. Easier said than done. Always. Okay, so that was a really big digression. To get back to where I was. We bring our father's sins into our confession because we must recognize that our problems didn't develop yesterday afternoon. And with rebuke, we cannot be avoidant to this fact. I saw on Twitter this week, if there's a task that takes less than one minute to do, stop and do it now. This echoes what my mom always quotes from her Granny Faye of blessed memory, Never put off for tomorrow what you can do today. These are really small examples of manageable actions that can be the beginning of facing hurdles head on in every other part of our lives too. So I'm taking this energy of non-avoidance with a healthy side of empathy with me into the next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom.